Good morning. And welcome on this frigid and somewhat blustery Martin Luther King weekend. I'm giving everyone two gold stars extra for being here this morning. One, because it's a holiday weekend, and two, because the weather's terrible outside. So on that note, because we're the hearty few here this morning, let us stand and join in singing hymn 542. It's found in our blue hymnal. Our service of Holy Eucharist Rite 2 begins on the front page of our service booklet. And for those who wish to follow in the prayer book, it begins on page 355. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. The word of the Lord.
The second reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sotheans, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 533, found in the blue hymnals. We'll sing the first two verses, or the two verses, prior to the reading of the gospel. Please stand and join in singing hymn 533. gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, 
come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are called Cephas, which translated is Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm not sure if it's because the week I've had here at St. Peter's, or if it really just happens to be the gospel passage itself, but for some reason as I was studying this week's gospel, I couldn't let go of the fact that it just felt totally disjointed to me, that somehow it didn't work together. And what never seems to work for me is that awkward exchange between Jesus and John's disciples when he turns around and sees them and says, what are you looking for? And they answer with that cryptic remark, where are you staying? And then Jesus says, come and see, like this is just a normal part of everyday discourse. But I think that kind of has to do with the slightly disjointed nature of this part of John's gospel, in which all the connections John is making aren't quite obvious to us. So to put this morning's passage in perspective, we are at the latter part of the first chapter. That chapter that we are all so familiar with, that has that wonderful prologue about the light coming into the world. And then after verse 18 begins to move into the story itself. Those first 18 verses, if this were a musical, are like the overture. They kind of give us a broad sense of what you're going to hear throughout that first part or act of the play. And then we go into, finally, this opening scene. But it's a little bit weird. Because the first character we're introduced to is John the Baptist. And the whole point of John the Baptist at this point isn't to enter into the story, but to literally exit stage left as Jesus enters the story stage right. And John does this very purposefully. That is, John the evangelist, not John the Baptist. Because what he is conveying to his audience is that the work of the baptizer has come to the end. And at this point in the gospel, he's literally passing the baton and handing over his disciples to Jesus. John the baptizer is often referred to as the last of the Old Testament prophets. The ones who declared that God was coming. The one who foretold to captive Israel that their time of captivity is coming to an end. The anointed one will arrive and bring us freedom. And it is to that reality that the baptizer ends his role and walks out stage left. But I think it's important that we look at exactly how does the baptizer make his proclamation 
How does he go about evangelizing what he knows to be true? And our gospel writer does it so succinctly in four words. Behold the Lamb of God. Actually, that's five. I'll add one more in there. But it's behold the Lamb of God. Now, for you and me today, that really doesn't have much resonance. We're so used to hearing Jesus described as the Lamb of God. But when John comes out with these words, the Lamb of God, what he is proclaiming is what the ministry and the role of Jesus is all about. To those ancient ears, what they heard is the sacrifice of God. Because to be the lamb is to be the sacrifice on behalf of the people. It was part of ancient ritual to atone oneself, to appease the angry gods, to make a burnt offering to God. And here what we have is something totally different. What we have found through the words of John is that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is not a God who looks to us to make sacrifice on our behalf, but is a God who sacrifices for us on our behalf. And so, John proclaims the role of Christ to the people and does so by testifying to what he experienced. It wasn't just, oh, by the way, I read in a book last week that that guy is the Lamb of God. But I experienced that reality at the River Jordan when I baptized him and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. He tells of his experience of Jesus, which has led to his understanding of who Jesus is. And it is by doing this that he now releases his disciples and sends them to follow Jesus. Now we come to that rather bizarre exchange on the road to wherever Jesus was saying when he asked the disciples, what are you looking for? And they respond, where are you staying? Now, according to the commentators I listened to on podcasts in preparation for homilies, I thought one made an interesting statement. And he said that as you read that line, it can be translated slightly differently. Instead of the disciples asking Jesus, where are you staying? It could be interpreted to say, where are you abiding? Now that, for those of us who are familiar with the Gospel of John, know that John loves the word abide. And it is used multiple times at the end of the gospel when Jesus gives his final discourse. Those wonderful words, abide in me and I in you. As the Father and I are one, so should we be. Abide in me. I love that word, abide. It strikes a sense of almost being fully interwoven, a depth of relationship that is truly interconnected. And so when the disciples ask Jesus, where do you abide? Or where are you staying? What the question really is, is where can I experience who you are? For Christ is discovered, not through the head, 
not through a sense of reading and education, but by allowing ourselves to experience the living Christ in our lives. And then we as disciples are called to share our experience of the living Christ with each other. John the baptizer, as he proclaims Jesus as the Lamb of God, tells of his experience of Jesus and how that in some way changed him or let him come to know he could let go and let Jesus take over. The disciples, when they are sent out into the world after the ascension, go out not to quote scripture, but to tell the world of their experience of the risen Christ and how the God that they believe in the God that we are called to and believe in is a God of mercy, a God who does not call us to make sacrifice to him on our behalf, but a God who has sacrificed for us so that we may have the enviable position of having right relationship with the one who created us. Now, someone would ask, is this all that different in the New Testament than the Old Testament for God? Because we often hear people say that in the Old Testament, the Testament that John the Baptist represents was a God of wrath. But I say, look back. Look to the story of Abraham and the call to sacrifice Isaac, who at the end of that story in the last Second before the sacrifice, God puts a stop to it and provides the sacrifice to be made to form the covenant. Hear the words of our prophets who tell us that we are to do justice, love mercy, and humbly walk with God. And to remind ourselves of the words of John in chapter 3, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that we should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is that God incarnate that John the Baptist encounters at the Jordan River. It is that God incarnate that the disciples seek, find, and experience. And it is that God incarnate, living as the resurrection today, the living Christ, who we are called to experience in our everyday lives and to share those experiences with those we love and those we encounter. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, 
we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the towns of South Kingstown and Narragansett, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather, and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirmed, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer, for Matt and Allison Croak Roach, Toby and Stephanie Roberts, and Zoe Robinson, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, for the Center for Reconciliation and all who seek to be reconcilers in our state, nation, and world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the, to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, especially Vic Dvorak and all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of our patron Peter and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To thee, O Lord, our God. And in our prayers this morning, I ask you to please hold up for healing Leo, Cynthia, and Shirley. Almighty God, to whom our needs are known before we ask, help us to ask what accords with your will. And those good things which we dare not or in our blindness cannot ask, Grant us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and through the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us.
I invite everyone to please be seated. I almost forgot my props. So we have quite a few announcements this morning, uh, many of which can be found on the board in the back of the church. And on that board, there's the announcements of nominees for the vestry, as well as a sign-up sheet for our potluck luncheon that will take place on the 29th, and sign-up sheets for Sunday morning ministries, that is ushers, uh, lay Eucharistic ministers, readers, and um, coffee hour hosts or hostesses are all located in the back of the church. That sign-up sheet is now available all the way through February, so I do ask everyone as you can go by and take time to fill that out for us. It'll make our work in the office easier. Speaking of the office, I just ask everyone's patience over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are hard and heavy and getting ready for the annual meeting on the 29th, and it's kind of been complicated, complicated by the fact that due to Mary Ellen having to tend to her own health needs after having contracted COVID and um, dealing with some other things in the family, she is not around, has not been around um, during our regular nine to two hours. So if you are getting a recording or the answering recording, please leave a message. We will get back to you as quickly as we can. It just not, may not be right at the moment. Um, and you might get a call back at some strange times because Mary Ellen is working um, like 8 o'clock to 11, taking off and coming back at 3 o'clock, working until 6 o'clock. So um, we will get back to you hopefully within the course of the day. Also a reminder this morning to everyone is please remember to leave this booklet behind. We'll be using this booklet all the way through until Ash Wednesday. And so we're hoping to conserve on paper. So please leave this behind and you are more than welcome to take home the reading sheet for your um, worship and reflection during the week. Also in the back of the church, our forward day by days, these meditation guides begin on February 1st. And again, they're available in the back of the church. Um, if you like a little bit larger print like I do, this is the version you're looking for. If you're looking for the pocket, take it with you version. This is with a little bit smaller print. So these are available now at the back of the church. Oh, Anna, before you go, I need your help with an announcement. We have coffee hour, and Anna has made a very special cake for us today. Can you tell everyone what kind of cake you made? A doggy, a doggy cake. So we have a very special doggy cake made by Anna for us for coffee hour. So we invite everyone to join us for a cup of coffee and a piece of doggy cake a little bit later this morning. So thank you, Anna, for doing that for us. Also a reminder, in two weeks' time is the 29th, that is the annual meeting. We will begin that meeting, meeting at 9 a.m. That will start with the service of Holy Eucharist. There is not an 8 o'clock service. There's not a 10-15 service. There is a 9 o'clock service integrated with the meeting. We will have the rector's address as our sermon and then move into recognitions and thank yous to people who are, uh, have helped out and served here at St. Peter's over the last year in extraordinary ways. And then um, after the service, we'll go into the business portion, which is the election of new vestry members and also a review of our finances. So that's coming up two weeks from today, and then after the business meeting, there will be a potluck luncheon in the parish hall, and again, the sign-up sheet is in the back of the church. Joan. Right, um, the meeting will meet this Thursday uh, from 9.30 to 11.30 in the conference room. It's beyond me, crochet, whatever, and everybody's welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Also, a couple of um, announcements um, in regards to some of our beloved parishioners. Uh, with their permission, I um, share this information. First and foremost, uh, Cindy Clancy, who is a fixture in our second pew most Sundays, has moved from South County Hospital to Roberts Rehab to um, get stronger and healthier after several falls she took in her home two weeks ago. Uh, Cindy does not carry a cell phone, so to contact Cindy, if you wish, you must do so through Roberts and to the phone in her room. Cards, notes would be greatly appreciated. 
Also at this time, Leo Carroll, who is a former um, treasurer, investment member of this congregation, and active on the 8 o'clock as one of our Eucharistic ministers. He is now at Roger Williams Hospital preparing to begin chemotherapy for a very aggressive form of leukemia that he's been diagnosed with. Um, during this time, again, he does have his cell phone. If you have that, phone calls, notes, cards are greatly appreciated. Um, Gene is being pulled in two different directions because while he is receiving chemotherapy in Providence, her daughter Catherine begins chemotherapy and radiation treatment in Westport beginning in two weeks' time. We are working with, uh, we are organizing around that with Jean and we'll be getting information out to parishioners of how we can support Jean as she goes between two different people. Um, a lot needs to settle before we can figure that piece out. I will keep you posted. And finally, for those who've been with us uh, many, many years, it is uh, my sad responsibility to announce that Shirley Toole, a beloved member of this congregation, um, has returned home from the hospital with hospice care and is in need of our prayers for her as she um, lives out her final days in her beloved cottage overlooking the um, Point Judith Harbor. So um, those are all of my announcements this morning, and I do ask your continued prayers for all parishioners, and again to everyone, a thank you for all you do to keep this place running, but most of all, how you all respond so wonderfully to caring for each other. Thank you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where, with the blessed Virgin Mary, John the baptizer, and Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the first born of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
pass us all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Let us stand and join and sing hymn God.